too. Emilie and Carol couldn't have been more surprised to find an Englishwoman lurking in the forest, spying on his people. It was quite a sight to behold, one he'd never seen before, and one he'd probably never see again. It just wasn't done. The English steered clear of the Romany camps, typically, probably fearing the Roma would hex them or some such nonsense. But this girl, this Bianca, she seemed to have little fear of him or his people. The wolves, however, seemed to get her back up quite a bit, despite the fact wolves didn't actually live in this forest. He chuckled, thinking of her wide-eyed fright that she tried valiantly to hide. "'Is something funny?' she asked, as she trailed after him down the hill to the embankment where his people were camped. "'I was just wondering what a girl like you would be doing wandering about in the forest all by herself. Recreating a scene from a Midsummer Night's Dream, perhaps?' "'Please,' she said, and her tone was most certainly pleading. "'Do not speak of Shakespeare.' If she thought it was odd that he knew of Shakespeare at all, she didn't say so. Has he done something to offend you? No, you're right. It isn't Mr. Shakespeare's fault. It's my father's. A more devoted fan you will never find, which explains why my sisters and I all have Shakespearean names. I apologise, Emile said, keeping his smile to himself. Bianca seemed to speak before thinking, or maybe she was just a little daft, but she'd revealed quite a bit just then, enough that Emile understood she was running from her father and not simply lost in the woods. Or you will never deign to bring that playwright up again. They were approaching the camp, and Emile could feel that Bianca was trying to slow down. He couldn't blame her. It must be as intimidating for her as going into society would be for him. God forbid he ever had to do that. He turned and found she'd stopped a few feet back, so he retraced his steps through the tall grass to stand before her. "'Are you afraid?' he asked. Bianca nodded. Her big blue eyes stared up at him, unblinking. He'd never been partial to English women, but this one, with her shiny auburn hair and upturned nose, was quite an appealing specimen. He shook his head. "'Don't be. We're not as frightening as your people make us out to be.' Emile walked behind her, pressing his hand to the small of her back to keep her from turning and running for the forest again. She clearly needed protection, and he was going to be the one to give it to her, now that he'd found her. Surely Adora wouldn't mind. Bianca might have been unnerved by the very strong hand at her back, had she not been so blasted unnerved by the fact that she was a very white woman walking into a gypsy camp. She clutched at her portmanteau in an effort to stop her hands from shaking, but they were so damp they kept slipping on the wooden handles. But really, if he were being a gentleman, Emile would have offered to carry the bag for her, wouldn't he have? She glanced up at him. Oh, who cared if he was a gentleman or not? He was the most attractive man she'd ever seen in her life. And all this time she'd thought she preferred green eyes. Seemed that deep chocolate brown ones were much more the thing. As they walked through the camp, Bianca felt the eyes of the other tribespeople on her, but she kept her head down, refusing to make eye contact. At last, Emile stopped at the foot of a small set of steps that led to one of the many brightly coloured wagons. He swept a long arm toward the wagon, gesturing for her to enter. Bianca stood there, staring at him. "'You want me to go in first? "'Go,' he said with a smile. "'I'll be right behind you.' She wasn't sure why she trusted him, he could have been throwing her into a den of snakes for all she knew. But she picked up her skirt 
climbed the steps, and ducked through the small doorway. True to his word, Emile was right at her back. However, at her front was a formidable-looking woman. A beautiful woman, who was clearly surprised to find an Englishwoman in her home. Her skin had the colour and texture of a brand-new leather-bound book. Her hair was wild, much like Emile's, but she aimed to control it with a worn bandana. By far the most arresting and captivating part of her were her round, black eyes. They bore into Bianca, so fiercely that she was certain they'd burn a hole right into her forehead. The woman said something in a language Bianca couldn't understand, though she understood the tone without any trouble. She wasn't happy that Bianca was in her home. That much was clear. Emile spoke back, his tone softer, more cajoling. As they conversed, the woman's fire began to die a bit. Her eyes softened, and her lips even turned up into something akin to a smile. "'You say you are lost?' she finally said to Bianca. "'Ah, yes,' Bianca replied, thankful that her voice hadn't failed her in her fear. "'I was taking a walk and lost my way.' The woman flashed a sceptical glance towards Emile, who gave a small chuckle in response. "'You might stay the night in my Vardo.' Bianca looked to Emile, the question in her eyes. "'This is her Vardo,' he said answering with a sweep of his hand around the small space. Bianca nearly collapsed with her relief. If they let her stay the night, perhaps she could convince them to keep her on a bit longer. Thank you, she said. Do not thank me, the woman gave a flick of her head, her eyes flashing to Emile. Thank my son. Oh! Bianca turned to Emile again, knowing that surprise registered on her face, but unable to do anything about it. She's... Your mother? Emile nodded, and a sly smile came to his lips. She's not terribly fond of Gorget, in case you could not tell. Do not speak of me as if I cannot hear you. So sensitive, my mother. Bianca preferred to remain neutral in this particular instance, so she decided to change the subject. What shall I call you? she asked of Emile's mother. I am called Adora. Such a lovely name. Adora rolled her eyes, clearly averse to any form of flattery. She and Tempest would get along splendidly. Bianca cleared her throat. My name is Bianca. Well, Bianca, I will ask you to do your best not to bring any precasa to my home. Oh, no, of course not, she said, and then added, How could I, when I don't even know what it is? A loud snort came from Emile, and Adora was clearly trying to hide her own mirth. Bianca didn't much like being left out of the joke. Well, she said, smoothing her skirts and attempting to save face, I will certainly do my best not to bring that into your home. Now Emile laughed even harder. Come, he said, I think if you mean to stay here, you should at least learn a bit of our language. We'll be back for supper, Di. He kissed his mother on the cheek, and then led Bianca from the little caravan, assisting her down the stairs and onto the grass. It isn't polite to laugh, you know. I'll remember that the next time you find something humorous. You know what I mean. Emile turned to her, and his dark eyes bore right into hers, nearly causing her to stumble over the uneven terrain. His hands reached out to steady her, wrapping about her waist, firm and reassuring. Bianca's heart skipped at least three beats. You, Gorgie, take everything so seriously, he said, shaking his head. 
Sometimes it is best to simply laugh. Do you ever laugh, Rinkini? Bianca narrowed her eyes on him. What does that mean? Ah, so now you want to learn my language. Emil laughed and took her by the hand. As he dragged her toward the river, Bianca couldn't help the smile that came to her lips. Perhaps she should laugh more.